0: Hi, everybody. I am Sherry Falco and I'm here with my co-host, Layla Kiley. We just wanted to welcome you guys to the Grace Chronicles today. And we have Barbara Stevens with us. She is known as Mama Hugs for a very good reason, Um, and she has an amazing story about how she fell in love with Jesus. So we're just very excited to have her, and we know she's going to bless you today. So welcome,
1: Mama Hugs.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here.
1: Yes, I can't wait to get into your uh, your testimony. So this is going to be exciting. (laughs) A lot of people will be able to relate to this. So I guess I wanted to start from your relationship with God started as a young child, Yes. when you were a young child. Yes. You were raised going to church, and your family were Christians, correct? My father was a Christian. Okay. But your family took you, or your father, I guess, took you to Mm -hmm. church, and when you were eight years old is when you say that you gave your life to God, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So could you tell us about that day when you were in church and you made that decision? Sure.
2: My daddy was preaching that Sunday night, and I don't remember what he preached on. And I don't know if it was daddy that issued the invitation or if if somebody else came to the microphone, but they said, if you would like to receive Jesus into your heart, uh, would you come forward? And my heart was beating out of my chest. It was just, and so I went to the altar to receive Jesus. And the invitation was to, w- would you like to receive Him as your Savior and Lord? Well, an eight-year-old child really doesn't have that kind of language understanding. I just knew I wanted Jesus in my heart, <laughs> and because uh, I was a real, I was a real messed up eight-year-old child. Yeah. Uh, so I had experienced a lot of sexual abuse as a, a three to five years old.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so I was, um, had been introduced to sexual things. And so I was, uh, I knew I needed to be saved and I sure did not want to go to hell. So uh, I right. came to receive Jesus. And they told me when I came down to the front of the church, they told me, said, when you receive Jesus, everything is going to be different. You're going to be, you're not going, it's just going to be wonderful And for about three days, it was. It was pretty nice. and uh, But about three days into that salvation experience, I just went back to doing what I had always done. And I just thought I was so bad that even Jesus couldn't save me because I was just such a mess. So that was the beginning of my experience with the Lord. No,
0: but wait a minute. So wait a minute. So for, so Mama Hawk. so for three days, you said it was really great. So what, what, what's going on in the three days?
2: It was like, I was happy in my heart. Uh, I wasn't doing my sin. (laughs) Whatever that was at eight years (laughs) old. At eight. (laughs) Uh I wasn't, I wasn't doing bad things. But after about three days, I started feeling that heaviness again in my heart. And that's when I decided that surely I was such a bad sinner that even God couldn't love me and save me. So that was,
1: that was. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. How sad. Um, so you continued with that mindset throughout your childhood journey, right? I didn't understand you at, at first. You kind of cut out. Sure. You continued with that mindset Throughout childhood.
2: Yes. But yet you stayed in church. Oh, yes. Daddy made sure we were in church. Uh, Mother didn't go to church because she was always mad at God. I I didn't understand what she was mad at him about. And she always called the church the other woman. And so mother didn't go to church. She was jealous of the church. But daddy obviously had an understanding with her that the girls will go to church. And so um, but church was my even though I was such a mess emotionally, church was my safe place. Mm-hmm. I felt I felt as happy as I would ever feel until the next stage of this relationship at church. Uh-huh. Uh the mom uh-huh. wasn't there, she wasn't fussing and cussing and stamping at her feet. Uh the people kind of I think the people kind of understood the family dynamics that I was coming from. And so they were very gracious to me and very patient with me. So I loved to go to church, even though I was a rank sinner.
1: <laughs> okay. Right. Oh, wow. So now um, you described that the next stage, I would say, in your relationship with God was when you were in sometime in your 20s, mm-hmm. you received the spirit of God. And we call this baptism in the Holy Spirit when God's spirit pours out on you and then you have a distinct uh, experience. So could you tell us about that? Yes.
2: Well, I uh, was the organist at the church and this particular uh, Sunday night, we were having, I think it's, it may have been RG, somebody. Anyway, he was a famous speaker in the Christian community and he was there speaking and uh I was the organist and I, you know how in the olden days we'd kind of play the organ under what they were preaching. I don't know why we did that, but we oh. did. <clears throat> Seemed a little distracting, but anyway. So he had he had he had talked about I think his message may have been payday someday. I don't know exactly, but that seems to ring a bell. And so I got down off of that organ bench and I went down to the altar, and this is what I said to the Lord. I said, God If this is all there is, I don't know if I can do this all for the rest of my life. If this is all there is, so I went back and finished playing and uh, did not realize that that prayer had probably been put in my heart by the Lord to verbalize. But it was not maybe a month or six weeks later that I found out that there was something more than just being born again. And this, uh, a friend of uh, of mine introduced me to what she called, back in the olden days, she called it the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And uh, I asked daddy about that. And you know what my daddy said? He said, honey, he says, I know 12 people in the Bible received that, but only 12. And I said, well, daddy, I hate to tell you that 13 did. I know for sure 13 did because I did. <laughs> And Daddy just kind of rolled his eyes, you know. And later on, I was asking him about that. And he said, well, sis, he said, I understand that when you get that experience that those people talked in a language they didn't understand. And he said, I want to know what I'm saying at all times. So I don't think I want that. So he never received it. But anyway.
1: (laughs) So So what what happened? Go ahead, What happened? Oh yeah. So what happened? How did it manifest or how did what did what was that experience like for you? Yeah, well, I'm
0: curious because wait a minute. Okay. I just want to back up a second. Okay. Because you're how old are you? You're playing the organ, you get down. I'm just curious. You you get down and you're like, there has to be more. Uh, there how, has
2: to be more. That would have been in sixty six. So I was born in forty two. So uh what? Would that be twenty four? Early
1: twenties. Yeah, yeah. Early twenties.
0: Okay, so are you are you, Mama Hugs, at this point? Because as as an eight year old, you're like, "Oh, I'm so sinful, I'm so horrible. God can't really say." So, are you still feeling the same about yourself, in your early twenties? I think when I
2: got married and I wasn't sexually sinning anymore, I thought I might be okay. So,
1: <laughs>
2: if you get my drift, <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, I was feeling. I felt. Uh, I just felt this emptiness. And oh. and I did, this is an important part. I don't think I even told this to Layla. I struggled all of those years with my salvation, knowing if I was saved. Now, am I saved today? Well, I don't feel saved, so I must not. Mm. And, you know, every time there would be an altar call, I, I answered the altar call so much. That my mother told me that the preacher's wife had called her and said, "We don't know what's wrong with Barbara Sue, but she she comes to every altar call that we're having, and we just thought you might need to talk to her about this." And uh-huh. it, but it was that longing, I it was that longing, uh, that God had put in me not to just be satisfied, not to go to hell.
1: Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so now back to the um, experience, your baptism in the Holy Spirit. So you, mm-hmm. I think, did you say that you went and you fasted and you prayed to, to receive it? Or?
2: Well, when I first received it, uh, I, I didn't fast. You know, I, I'm not a good faster. <laughs> Just a good faster. But uh, anyway, I received the baptism and I did speak in a language that I had not learned. Uh, which in the Bible it talks about speaking in tongues. <clears throat> and so I did do that. But then it's like I kind of uh, I was in, in a group of people that really believed that you could only receive it at church and you only spoke in those tongues at church. So, you know, I I, I did what I was supposed to do at church, but it still it wasn't something that was available to me all the time. And I—that's what I was needing. Goodness knows, I, I've sanctified and delivered at church, but it was when I was at home that <laughs> those little hissy fits wow. with the children, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So when I actually uh, fasted was when I had gone several months and had never been able to recapture that. Uh, I was—they, uh, you know—they talked about fasting, so I fasted for a, 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 probably a week. And I'll tell you something, that's a miracle, close to the Red Sea miracle to this girl to (laughs) face. So I did. And my husband worked the night shift. And so after he left to go to work, I just shut myself up in the bedroom and just cried and begged and pleaded and, you know, not realizing that I already had that, but I just needed to learn how to yield to it. And so then now I've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit at home, which is against the church's teaching. So now what am I gonna do? You know, I now complicated my life, sure enough. <laughs> so how
0: did it feel to you? I mean, like so you have this emptiness and you you cry out to God and he comes and he literally pours himself out on you. So did did that help feel The emptiness or what was, did you feel his love or what, what was that experience?
2: Well, several days afterwards, I, uh, of course, I have three children at that time. And that morning I was vacuuming the floor and all at once it dawned on me. I feel happy inside. Uh. I feel (laughs) joyful. And who could feel joyful with three kids screaming and vacuuming the floor? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I did, and I knew, I knew uh-huh. that something had happened, okay. and so the joy of the Lord has just, uh I mean, I've gone through some stuff, and I've gone through some stuff with the Lord where He's spanked my fanny, but even in those seasons,
1: I have mostly been able to maintain that joy. It's uh-huh. there, so. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you said, though, okay, so then after you're in your early 20s and Mm -hmm. you've accepted Christ as your Savior, I know you had wrestled with that, and then you received an experience where you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You felt that even at home, Mm -hmm. but yet you said that you were still living life for yourself.
2: Oh, yes,
1: because when I, I answered that first invitation
2: at eight years old, they said to receive him as Savior and Lord. And I thought it was a one one package deal. So I received him as Savior and Lord. The only thing was I was not going to hell and I was happy about that. But I didn't understand that accepting him as your Lord might be another level or another phase of this not going to hell. And that's when you let him be the boss. You let him decide whether you're going to be married or not. You let him decide where you're going to work or where, you know, you, he is, you include him in all of that. And, uh, even though I had both of those experiences, I still had not gotten the revelation of him being Lord of my life. And, uh, so anyway, he was, I wasn't going to hell, but I still running my life, (laughs) right, (laughs) which is not very fulfilling.
1: (laughs) Right. So there came a point in your life where this changed, right? Yes. Yes. God, and this had to do with God telling you, I believe the way that you say, to start studying out a book in the Bible called the Song of Solomon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as you were studying (laughs) this and uh, I think writing a resource on it as well, mm-hmm. you started getting a different revelation. And this was a, um incremental process. So could you tell us about that, how that started sure. and how that went for you?
2: Well, I had just come back from Israel and we had uh, had a wonderful uh, trip over there for a month. We were there. And when I got back home, I felt I was getting ready to, you know, it's like you had finished this devotional. Now what do you, go to so i'm asking the lord i said where do you want me to study and he said song of solomon and i said i only heard that like a relationship between a husband and man physically and at that time i was no longer married so i thought are you getting me ready for a husband and he said no
1: because this book because this book is basically on the surface it's a romance between a man and a woman Exactly, And so that's why you were wondering, If for those who don't know, you know, the different books in the Bible, but this particular one is very distinctly about a relationship, a romance between a a man pursuing a woman. Right.
2: So he said, no, I'm not getting you ready for a husband. I want you to read Song of Solomon, and I want you to read it in the light of uh, God and Israel. Well, I just come back from Israel, so it made perfect sense. So I read it. It's very nice. God really loves the Jewish people. That's nice. Now, where do you want me to go? He said, I want you to read it again. And I said, are you sure? Can I get me ready for a husband? And he said, no husband. But time, I want you to read it in the light of Jesus and the church. I read it in the light of Jesus and the church. And I thought, Jesus really loves church. I don't understand why, but he does. Mm-hmm. And, but it, it didn't impact me. And so I yeah, I said, all right. Now what? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go to anything. Jeremiah, be good, you know. Job, everything. <laughs> and so he says to me again, "I want." And you know what I said, and you know what he said. He says, "But I want you to read it again in the light of Jesus and the individual believer, and I want you to put yourself in the storyline as the believer." Oh my goodness, I'm telling you, I was in love it took it took a, a good while for that to click in so when i get done this time he, i said now what he said i want you to read it until i tell you to stop that was 2003 mm-hmm. and he told me to stop in 2010 oh my and gosh i so know it
1: let's and let's pause it. huh Okay. I was just going to say, let's pause though, because you said you read it the last time in the context of, you know, Jesus and you personally, and you were in love. What made you fall in love? What was the, for those who don't know the story or what it's about, how did that? Well, it's, uh, uh, it's It's, about Jesus
2: loving us. And, uh, when you read the story, it's about a, a Palestinian woman from Lebanon Who's in love with a Jewish king, and that's truly not kosher. That would not be something that would, you know, but when I see how much he loved someone that would be, have been considered maybe not, you know, all that with the God, <clears throat> I'm thinking if he loved her like that, surely he could love me too. Okay. And it's and it just took a lot of um, of my defenses down. It it made me want to walk with him in a way that made him smile mm-hmm. and pleased him. And so all at once, I'm wanting to give up rulership and ownership and lordship of my life. And uh, w- when you read that story, he he she goes through a lot of things. I have said laughingly, but truthfully, Song of Solomon is the most inner healing book in the Bible mm-hmm. because you see that. Arab woman that is filled with shame. She's saying, I'm dark, but and don't look at me. And she's saying, you know, uh, my brothers were angry with me, and they made me take care of their ministry. So uh, you see all of this shame in her, but as she's walking with him, she begins to get healed of her shame. She's no longer saying, I'm dark, but she begins to see what he's saying. She's saying, I'm dark. But he says, you're lovely, you're comely, is what it says in the King James. Well, so when I came back from China, I said to the Lord, how do you want me to study Song of Solomon? Because, I mean, we're in the middle of it, and he is not letting me out of there. So how do you want me to do it? So when we were in China, uh, I had taken my Strong's Concordance with me, and he just had me that day look up one word in the Strong's Concordance, and he wanted me to look up the word kiss, and I thought I know what a kiss is. <laughs> oh, what a kiss is, you know. But I was obedient. That's a good thing. I was obedient. And so I t- I looked up that word, and it did not necessarily mean smacky mouth. It meant to attach to, to kindle a flame, to equip with weapons, to cure, to uh, make whole. I mean, it was a a big word. It had like ten or twelve definitions. So when I got back and was asking him what he wanted me to do in 2005, he said, I want you to do it like I showed you. And I'm thinking, how did he show me? And then he brought that back from China when he, when he showed me that. So I, he said, I want you to research all of the words in Hebrew. And now I do not speak Hebrew. I do not read Hebrew, but I can read the Strong's Concordance. And so I began to research those words. And it was just... Oh, my goodness. It was so much more than a man and a woman kissing and making out. It was so deep. Here's an example. He says, let me see your face for your face is lovely and let me hear your voice. And her answer was so peculiar to me. You know what she said instead of saying, oh, here I am. She says, catch us the foxes. The little foxes, because they, they spoil the vines. Well, I'm thinking I know what little is and I know what a fox is. But when I looked it up in the Strong's Concordance, it said the word little means to detest yourself, to be grieved oh with yourself.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: To hate yourself. So, and the f- word fox means something that burrows under. So this is what the Lord showed me in that translation is that her self-hatred, or when we hate ourselves, when we refuse to forgive ourselves, it keeps us from being able to have that intimate relationship, not only with the Lord, but with other people too. And so, uh, but he, you know, he, he says, we'll catch, I'll catch those foxes for you. So she's being healed of shame And one of the ways that he heals her is he, if you read that book, she loses her first love. She sends him away. I mean, there's just a bunch of things. And religion has taught us that he's going to be mad at you. He's going to fuss at you. When she goes through those things, he always, always affirms her. He never, not one time, calls her attention or anybody else's attention to her failures, her flaws, her imperfections. The fact that she lost her first love, he always calls her fairest among women, beautiful, uh, without spot. He calls her beautiful names. And I told her the other day, I said, I wish I'd known that when I was raising all them (laughs) young'uns. I was constantly calling their attention to their faults and failures. But those are the kind of things that I began to see a different picture of Jesus than what I had gotten in religion. I began, I began to see that absolutely He adores us. He is, he is in love with us, and it just melted my heart. It, it just caused me to want to live for Him in a, holy, in a whole different way than I had ever lived before.
1: That's so beautiful. That is,
0: uh, that is so profound. And um and I know that we had one one uh he was actually a pastor um, that appeared on the Grace Chronicles and he he said that he was satisfied. I mean, there's something you just never forget, but it reminds me of of what you're telling right now to our listeners is that he th- he was satisfied but then god came and just loved him he had an experience with the love of god and he said there was i remember this he said there was no condemnation and no judgment in it never and that's what i think fear often keeps us from actually approaching god as we feel so that that shame and that, well, I can't go to God because look at all the things that I've done.
2: Yes. 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 But he so, so desires us and wants us. And uh, so the journey in Song of Solomon is the journey from being born again to becoming a mature Christian. Mm -hmm. And You know, uh, I'm thinking everybody in the church is going to go there. No, there are 10 virgins in that parable. There are 10 virgins. Five of them get to go to the marriage supper, and five of them did not because they were not prepared. And I told Layla the other day that one of the things the Lord has said to me recently is that Song of Solomon is our premarital counseling course to becoming the bride of Christ. And so that's his, the invitation is open to all believers. He wants all of us to be there at that marriage supper of the Lamb. But like salvation, it is our choice. And so um, I I said, I I want to go to heaven, but I want to be at that marriage supper of the Lamb too. I would like to be there and experience all of those wonderful foods. (laughs) Uh, As you can see, I'm still not fasting. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But to put it in other words, because we have a lot of people listening who are not believers and who are just, you know, trying to figure out uh, things. So I'm just trying to figure out another way to say, so when we accept Jesus as our savior, um, that's the beginning of like a f- of mutual falling in love, right? Of, of right. us receiving his love. I mean, just knowing that we're completely loved, right? And yeah. our, yes. I, I'm just wondering, is that how you would put it or in different terms?
2: Well, for me personally, and of course I, I don't represent the whole world, that's for sure. But for me personally, it was the relief of knowing that I was not going to hell because I I was raised with that mentality. If you dip, chew, smoke, shoot the bird or cuss, you are going to hell. And Mm. so it was, it was that, and, and that was a, 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 an emotional relief to me. And I did love him. I loved him as much as I knew how, but I had not been loved as a child. So I didn't really know Mm. how to do that. Then when I received the baptism, there was a a wonderful joy that came with that and the peace of God that came with that, and uh, that was wonderful too. But he's not just wanting to be our Savior and our Lord. He's really inviting us into a more intimate place of being the bride of Christ. And I know, you know, I I had heard the bride of Christ uh, in some of the different uh, traditional churches but I didn't understand it. And to have the bride of Christ, I thought, well, when we get to heaven, then we'll be the bride of Christ. Oh. You know, he's going to need the bride of Christ on the earth in these last days when things are tumbling around us, because it has been said that there are going to be over a billion souls that are going to come to Jesus during this time. And he's got to have mamas to help mentor and train, and papas to uh, disciple and. So I think that the bride of Christ, we're in the, the season of the bride. And I hope that's not too religious and complicated. Oh, no, because
0: but, Well, I just want to keep I just want to I'm just trying to parse it out so that people understand what you're saying. So because you said that this whole journey with God through this love story, right, where yeah. you're he's <laughs> where you're in it. you're in it was so healing to you that's what you said it was so and and before you said okay well he was my savior but wow this whole lord thing i'm doing my own thing so it sounds to me is by him showing you this this is how much i love you I mean, I mm-hmm. just love you without limit. I love you before you get up, right? Yeah. That is so healing that actually this is what changes your viewpoint of, of everything so that yeah. he's, yeah. So I'm just trying to, to summarize it in different terms. I don't know if that really yeah. works, but yeah. 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 It reminds me
1: of, go, go ahead, ahead. I was gonna say it reminds me of a well, I'll say finish it up. It reminds me of a prayer that um I prayed a lot for a long time. Lord, help me to receive the love that you have for me. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Dr. Falco and I were talking about earlier. It's when you go through a lot of um abuse or trauma or just, you know, life, it's hard for you to receive, be made put into a place where you can receive the love of Christ. A lot of people don't Mm -hmm. know how to do that and haven't Mm -hmm. fully received it for themselves. So that's what it reminds me of is just coming to a place where you were able to receive his love and hear about Mm -hmm. it and experience it in a different light. And it opened up your eyes to that in a way where it just, the door opened and you could really experience and take that love in. Yes. Yeah.
2: Uh Oh, that's true. That is very true. And I said to the Lord, this would be my third or fourth time through Song of Solomon, and I said to the Lord, Lord, you have loved me so beautifully and so well and so deeply and so unconditionally, but I'm loving you the best I know how. Mm-hmm. And I need you to help me know how to love me. Wow. And so that that's another piece in that journey is, you know, I'd already gone through Song of Solomon three or four times. But and I was realizing that I was enjoying his love, but I wanted him to do something in me so that I could love him back. And of course, the first thing he said to me is, uh, "The way that you love me is by keeping my commandments and being obedient." So that's when the lordship part really kicked in. Okay, I whatever you tell me to do. And then in twenty fourteen. He, he took me through seven years of stripping and uh correcting and purging uh and I thought I was gonna die in that seven years, but as you can see, I am alive and well uh, <laughs> but uh and i and I thought of that i thought during that season that I had lost God because wow. I couldn't really sense his presence and you know i couldn't i mean I was doing all the things that I'd always done but uh, Saint John of the Cross calls it the, the long dark night of the soul, mm. and that's the ulti- one of the ultimate tests. Is when we still love Him when we can't feel Him. Mm. We still love Him when we're being corrected. We're, th- you know, we still serve Him when, you know, we're suffering. And I don't know that I got an A or a B or a C, but I did pass the course because. <laughs> Because still, I still love him, and he's the best thing that anybody could ever, ever have in their lives. The best person, the best encourager, and he so speaks the truth in love. And when he has to confront me with stuff, it's like uh, when my mama would tell me I'd done something wrong, honey, I knew beyond a shadow of doubt I'd done something wrong. But the way he corrects us is we come out of that feeling uplifted, even though we've got something we've got to correct. Yeah. uh the devil condemns us and makes us feel hopeless but when the holy spirit convicts us there's a lifting in our spirit that uh, it, it, it there's a it's a kind of a joy i mean i don't know how to say that exactly but
0: anyway but i think that's um It just shows the difference. I listen, I'm listening to you speak and it's the difference between, you know, what the world calls love at the moment. The world is in love with love, but this is not God's love. Um, The world's love is I accept you with, with all your everything, whatever it is. And I just leave you the way you are.
2: Yes. Yes. And,
0: and, but God's love is like, listen, I, I love you the way you are, but I want the best for you. So therefore, you know, my love is going to transform you and it's going to I'm going to call you to like in the Psalm, song of Solomon, like he calls her to a higher place yes. you know, to be transformed, to understand who she really was. Yes. So. Um,
2: and, and when he disciplines us, he's never doing it out of anger. Yeah. He is. He knows what our destiny is. Yeah. and he is he that 7 years there were things in my life that would not permit me to actually ever become the bride because i was still holding on to some things yeah. so when he when he corrected me it was because he loved me and he wants me to reach the destiny that he's put in me and the and that's the same way it is with believers i mean i'm not just thinking i'm the the one well, that'd be foolish, but he, he anyway. Everything he does in our lives, it, when she says his banner over me is love, that's exactly the truth.
0: Yeah.
2: Everything he does is connected with his love for us. Is that not wonderful?
0: That is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So, so Mama Hugs, I think that um, that our listeners could really use a virtual hug at the moment. So, I'm just wondering if you could pray for them. Uh, to receive, well, just pray for them to receive the love that you had. I mean, just pray for them.
2: Okay. Okay. Let's pray. How about putting your hand on your heart? That's what I do when I pray for people. Okay. uh, Up close and personal. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you are and all that you have done for us. Lord, we thank you that even though you see us with all of our yuck, you are never turned off with us. That you are moved with compassion by everything that we feel. Lord, that you never want to throw us away. That you never give up on us. And so, Lord, I pray for the people that are watching today and listening. That you would cause their hearts to be opened to this love that you have for us. And, Lord, that their hearts would, that you do like what you did in my heart. That you would help our hearts to be soft and tender to receive this love that you have for us. And Lord, we thank you that we love you because you first loved us. So Lord, we're asking that we would come to the knowledge of the truth of salvation, of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and also of becoming a mature bridal partner for you. And Lord, I bless them today in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus.
1: Amen. 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 It was wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing us your story. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for
2: letting me come.
1: Okay. Layla, I don't want to add to hers.
0: I, I just right? feel Isn't like there's, there is literally nothing that, that, that we can add. She is <laughs> awesome. Talk she about a mother in the faith. I kept thinking, mm-hmm. who is she to you, Lord? Just mm-hmm. who, sometimes she's just nosy, and you want to know, who is she? Just, I don't know.
1: It reminded me, too, when she said at the end of the prayer, she said, and thank you, Lord, that we love you because you first loved us. And that mm-hmm. reminded me of that's how I was finally able, because I kept feeling like, you know, the the scripture that says you have to love him. In my mind, it was, Oh, you have to love me with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. And now I'm being forced yeah. to just brought back bad memories with my past and being forced to, you know, yeah. do things I didn't want to do and accept people. And then when I came across that scripture, cause I was like, I don't know how you're trying to make me love you, but it says we love him because he first loved us. And it reminded me of my grandmother. I loved her so much, but it was because she loved us so much. You know, I mean, her love for me was so clear and distinct and you couldn't help but love her back because if you could see how much she loved you. And it just reminded me of that. And that was definitely the open door for me to be able to receive the love of Christ.
0: Well, if, if we're going to add anything, it would be that just to emphasize that point is, um, I think there is an order, right? Is is that He loves us first, and we get yeah. to know that, and then we we learn to then we're able to love Him.
1: Back. Mm-hmm.